Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Praise God. It's great to be at church, isn't it? I'm so glad you came. I always like seeing people at church. <laughs> you spend a couple of days preparing a message. It's nice when people come to listen, isn't it? Someone emailed me last night. No, Facebook chat. I said, oh, I don't know if I can make it. I said, come. I've been preparing this message. Come and listen. So they came. Yay. <laughs> it's all good. So appropriate weather today. You know we're talking about Old Testament characters, and we've been doing that for the last few weeks. And today we are speaking about Noah. So I was just seeing how much the water was coming up. <laughs> I was saying to the boys, because, you know, at our school floods at Lizaro there, it's quite an exciting event when it floods. And uh, I was thinking about Noah and I said, imagine what it was like in those days. And, you know, the school flooded and they went, wow, cool, the school's flooding. And then it kept coming up around the corner. Hey, well, it's a bad one, this today. And then it kept coming up at O'Donnell. It's like, whoa, I've never seen it go this high. And then it starts coming up the street and it's just like, this is freaking me out. And then everyone's on the roof. And then you just keep going. They just kept. The floods kept coming. It would have been a scary time. So we're going to talk about Noah. It's in Genesis chapter 6, if you want to follow in your, in your Bibles. The Bible says that Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah is pretty much the first character that we hear about after Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve had their children they had many children and the world became very very wicked people were really bad a lot worse than they are now it says that all of their thoughts all of the time were wicked they just they were just constantly wicked they did wicked things the in those days it would appear that devils started to interbreed with humans they call them the nephilim and they bred this race of giants. So that was, you know, God hates that kind of stuff. That was weird and unhealthy. And so there were some of these giants. They said they were, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. So some of those ancient stories that we hear about, what's his name? Yeah, you, Hercules and some of those guys. They may possibly have been these, these, I don't know what you call them, people. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. And here he goes, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Such a sad scripture. The Lord was so sad. He looked down, he thought, I've made these people and I wanted to hang out with them and chat and have fun with them. And they just awful evil killing each other hating each other and he just felt completely sad at what he saw and he you know god has very strong feelings and he he hated it but noah was a good man in the midst of such terrible evil noah was good noah did it god's way he loved god and it says that he walked with god and i love that imagery of noah walking with god Every day, who likes walking? I love walking. I'm much more of a walker than a runner, not really built for running. 
And so we have different analogies in the Christian life. We have walking, running, flying. But I love this analogy of walking with God because when you walk with someone, it's quite slow, isn't it? You know, even if you walk quite fast, it's, it's not going to be that fast. And Noah, was just every day, I love the imagery. You know, Linda and, Linda and I went uh, walking a couple of years ago, or the last year we walked all the beaches and the headlands of the Central Coast, every single one. We started down in Patonga and we finished up pretty much in Newcastle, every beach. And I kept, you know, we'd walk along, we just on, not all in one hit, you know, various times. But, you know, I, I've been living on the Central Coast for nearly 20 years. You think you know all the beaches, but I'm telling you, you don't know a beach until you walk from one end to the other. I mean, we found whole swimming pools I didn't even know existed and, and houses and whole... You know, and then just the seals or the eagles, all the things you see on the way and rocks. And we didn't know if you could get around some of the rocks. We, we just would do it. We'd just go, oh, well, the tide's low. Let's give it a go. So we'd start walking around the rocks and then we'd be thinking, it's getting a bit risky. And it was especially for Linda. Her legs are quite a lot shorter than mine. And so sometimes there was one spot we really had to do this kind of leap between rocks and sort of hang there. And she, I don't know how she did. It was kind of okay for me. And, and then we were sort of stuck on this rock and I said, We've got to make a decision. We've got to go around quickly or we've got to go back because we don't want to be here when the tide comes in, you know. And so it was really fun. But I would say over and over again, you don't really know a place until you walk a place. You really don't. Because when you drive or, or even run, it's just... Bzzzum. When you walk somewhere, you just you, you, you feel it and you see it. And when you walk with someone, you can really talk to them, really get to know them. You can stop and look at the view and chat and say, look at that. And in your together, there's a lovely sense of togetherness when you walk with someone, isn't there? When you run with someone, you can, hey, how you going? <laughs> you know? Or when you ride on a motorbike with someone, there's, there's nothing to be said. You just hang on the back. And when they do a, a sudden, a sudden squirt, as they are known to do, like a sudden, like that, you, you can just, you just can sort of, not too much of that. You know, you can jab them. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. She likes it. More, more. No, no. But I really did nearly fall off. Some of you have heard this, but I was one time on the back and there was nothing behind me. You know, sometimes you've got to, something. This, this boat had nothing behind me and I was tired of holding him like that. So I thought, I'll just rest my hands and hold him like this for a little bit, which I did. And then I was bored because there's nothing to say. I like to chat. And so I thought I'd talk to the Lord because the Lord can still hear me on my motorbike. So I had my hands back and I just lifted up my head like that to say, hey, just to start to pray. You know, I thought I'll just, I'll just chat with the Lord while I'm on the back of my motorbike. And, the, and Chris chose that exact moment to suddenly, there was, you know, I didn't know there was a big, nice stretch in front of him. He thought now I'll, you know, suddenly do a squirt. So you can imagine what happened. I'm like this and I go, what? Oh, like that. And I just remember thinking that was really scary. I nearly fell off then. So. Walking is beautiful. Walking. And Noah walked. Walking is safe. You can chat. You can enjoy the view. And it's a great way to go. And Noah, and God, this is a lovely image. God wants us to walk with him. He wants us to walk. Just think about that. Are you walking with God today? Are you walking with God? Did you get up and say, hey, God, come on, let's go. Let's, let's. Or is it kind of like, I, I haven't got time. I gotta go to church. <laughs> Too busy for you, God. <laughs> gotta go to church. Or, you know, or are you sort of asleep? Oh, I don't want to go walking. I don't want to go anywhere, God. <laughs> I'm not walking with you. I'm not walking with anyone. You know, you think about walking with, are you walking with God today? Did you get up 
Say good day and start the walk with God. Because that's what God wants us to do with him every day. Because when we're walking with someone, you, you keep pace with them if you're friendly. You know, you try not to walk too far ahead. Keep pace and you get to know them. And they can say, well, watch out for this. Or don't do that. Or, you know, here's a dangerous spot. If they've got short legs, you can drag them over the rocks. You can help them. And God wants to do that with us. He just wants to walk with us. He just wants to walk with us. Like, watch out for this. Come here. here, here. I'll, help, I'll help you over this bit. Just a lovely analogy. Noah walked with God. And he did this for 500 years. Just walked with God. So Noah had a pretty ordinary life for 500 years. He was a good man. He did what was right. It said he was perfect. He was, he was blameless. He didn't, he didn't do any. It doesn't mean that he was literally perfect, but it means that he didn't have major sin that was hanging off his life. His heart was right with God. He was seeking God. If he missed it in little ways, he'd ask God's apology. God would forgive him. That's what perfection means. It means going with God. And he had an ordinary life. He had three sons, raised his sons up. And all around him was terrible and evil and horrible. But he didn't walk in the way of the world. He didn't go that way. And it's very easy when you're with people who are bad to be like them, isn't it? He stuck with God. And he, he, it was, it must have been, it wasn't anyone else much around. Maybe, we're not clear, but maybe his father who was Lamech and his grandfather, Lamech died just a few years before the flood. So maybe they were good too. We don't, we don't know. It doesn't say. Maybe he had a bit of encouragement from them. But we've got to be able to know what it means to walk with God despite what's going on around us. You go to work, you go to school, you go to uni, and there's some pretty gross stuff. But you're going to go, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk that way. I'm going to keep walking with God. Sometimes God will say, let's walk, let's, let's, let's move away, shall we? We've got to learn how to walk with God with evil all around us. Cause that's what happened in Noah's time. And that's what we've got to do. Cause there's evil all around us, all around us. I mean, you know, sometimes you just turn the radio on and it's just disgusting. And, you know, People, even people who call, I saw this Christian woman singing the other day and my daughter says, apparently she prays before every performance. And you should have seen the outfit she was wearing. I'm like, what, what is that? You know, really? It's just terrible. So there's evil all around us. There's people strutting and showing off and it's just not right. Can I just encourage you girls to just not watch some of that stuff? It's, and guys, but all of us, it's, you know, it's just, there's no modesty anymore. People don't seem to have any understanding of modesty. It's quite bizarre. And I'm not just saying that because I'm getting on. <laughs> There's a godly standard, whether you're 20 or 40, of modesty. Noah walked with God. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, the Bible says. They'll have all sorts of advice for you. Do it this way, do it that way. We don't walk with their, in their counsel. We walk in the counsel of God. So... He's walking with God. It says he was blameless and complete. He didn't, he didn't, another meaning of the perfect is that he was complete. He didn't have big holes in his, in his walk. And that's another thing that was encouraged me. That idea that when we walk with God, we just, we're complete in him. We don't have major holes in our Christian walk. Some people have these big areas that are not perfect. It's like, I love, I really love God and I really want to serve him, but I don't go to church. Because I, I don't like church or whatever. You know, there's this big, kind of this big hole. I really love God, but I just, I just don't read the Bible. It's like, huh? Oh, I really love God, but I don't know about the Holy Spirit. Don't follow the Holy Spirit. Not interested in him. Don't, don't. You know, the, the, when it says that Noah was perfect, it meant that he was, it also means whole. 
he's Christian. He's, well, he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't even a Jew. He was just a man of God. But he's, he was, he's, his life was whole. He had all the parts. And I think that's important for us too. Let's make sure that our Christian walk is complete. Let's be open to people around us saying, you know, there's this whole area of your life that's there's sort of a hole there. It's not happening. God wants us to have a, a lovely completeness in our, in our walk with him. And he'll show us because we're walking with him. He'll let us know. You've got a serious limp here, <laughs> you know, or you, you, your eyes are covered up. You really need to look where you're going or whatever it is that we're missing. He'll just let us know. That's why it's good to walk with him. So he's a good guy. He's 500 years old. And then God says, I will destroy man whom I've created on the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I made them. So the Bible says that Noah also had, it says in Hebrews, listen to this, um, by faith Noah was warned, divinely warned of things not yet seen, and he moved with godly fear. So he had a godly fear. He knew he had to obey God. And, you know, it's important to have a godly fear in life, isn't it? Because life, God does get angry. And we can't, you can't just keep doing the wrong thing over and over again and expect God to just keep going, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. He's not a wuss. He actually gets annoyed after a while. And God also is not afraid to express his emotions. Sometimes we have this image of God that's kind of emotionless, kind of sort of, sort of just nice and mild. God's not mild. He gets furious. He weeps. How many of you men weep? God weeps. The Bible says he cries and weeps and he hates things. I hate that. He's, he's very, he's full of emotions and it's part of his greatness. He's not afraid to express them. He's not afraid to live in with the full range of emotions. And most full on Christians I know have full on emotions as well. They're very, they're very rich in their emotions. They're not, they're not shut down. And God was, you know, godly fear means God is incredibly loving and incredibly good. But there does come a point where he's had enough. Now, every parent knows what I'm talking about. You love your kids to bits. You love them and you love them and you love them. Be pet, be gentle, be quiet, be nice. Be great. And then it's like, I've had enough. You know, you're just like, that's it. I've had enough. And you do. And, you know, it's not wrong because I felt guilty when I first used to sort of have had enough. And because it's not easy to have enough and do it without sinning. It's, 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 it's just tricky. It's not easy. But you, but, but the anger in itself isn't wrong. In fact, I would suggest that parents who don't ever get really angry and have had enough are actually missing it. You need to, there's a place for righteous anger. So I've had enough. Because that's godly. And God was the same. He said, I've had it. I've had enough. People are so evil and so horrible. How long do you stand and watch, you know, people sacrificing their kids or killing them or killing each other and seriously killing? Like, how long before you say, that's it. I've had enough. I'm, I'm getting rid of a lot of them. So godly fear means that we don't, we don't get God to the edge. You know, some kids are trying to push you to the edge. Don't do that with God. <laughs> Stay way and truly in the good books with God. Because <laughs> he does get angry eventually. He's very slow to anger and he quickly re- forgives. But he does eventually get angry. And here he's angry. And Noah understood that. So he had a godly fear. And, he th- and, if God, and God warned him, I'm going I'm to destroy the earth. He believed it. So this is the first, the first point is that Noah walked with God. Our second point is that Noah believed God. He believed. There's some conjecture that he had never, they'd never even had rain. In those days when the earth was created, there was a va- it says there was a, a water vapor above the earth. So it's possible that the earth was different. 
that it was more like a sort of a greenhouse effect and that it was watered from a mist that came up every morning. We're not sure exactly. Obviously, we weren't there. So it's possible that the concept of rain was new and that what happened in the flood was that that water vapor that was around the earth broke and deluged the earth. We're not quite sure. But he believed. He didn't understand it, but he believed it. And, he, and, and God said to him, I want you to go and build an ark, and, and this is how I want you to build it. And so he believed that he had to do that. He believed that God was going to do all this. And, he, and the Bible says that God was really pleased with Noah's faith. Noah's written up as one of the great men of faith because he believed this extraordinary event was going to happen. God is really pleased with, with faith because when we, when we believe in him, it, it shows that we, it actually sort of opens a door in a way and it, it enables him to impart to us his goodness and his righteousness. It's an interesting concept. They talk about righteousness that comes by faith. So it's like, I believe, God, that you're so good that your goodness can be part of me. And then we do become good. But the goodness isn't because we've been trying hard to be good. It's because I, I just believe in you. I believe in your goodness. I believe your goodness is enough for, my, for me. And then God makes us good. That's, that's righteousness. That's goodness that comes just by believing. And that's encouraging because we try to be good, don't we? I do. <laughs> I don't always succeed, but we try to be good. But if we just believe that God's goodness is enough for all of us, then we become good. It's amazing. And that's what happened to Noah. He became good because of his faith. That's what the Bible says, the righteousness that comes with faith. And so he was completely committed to serving God. If you, you know, when God said, I want you to do this, he, to- he totally did it. He's, he, he, he must have stopped his entire life to start building this ark. Completely committed. God says to do it. I believe I need to do it. I'll start doing it complete commitment to God. And I just encourage you there too, to be like Noah. If we really believe, then we're going to live this life of faith, aren't we? If we really believe that there's a heaven and a hell and that's important, then we're going to be prepared to do, as so many of you did on Tuesday, give up a whole day to tell kids that there is a heaven. We didn't talk too much about hell because they don't like it at schools. But the truth is that (laughs) there is a hell and uh, and the kids kind of, they heard. It was on the video anyway. So, But um, it's good for them to know that. And if we really believe it, man, it's, it's like this is important. I'm prepared to do anything to stop people from going to a hell. If I really believe it, if you believe something, you live it. You do it. That's complete commitment. And Noah was totally committed. He built this massive boat in the middle of the la- middle of miles away from any ocean or lake or anything. And this enormous boat... Because he really believed it. He got his kids to do it as well. And it took them a long time. Possibly, from what, from what we can see in the Bible, probably about a hundred years to build the boat with his, with his kids. He may have had any, you know, it wasn't impossible to do. They've, there's big research on how they, he could have done it. So he builds this big boat and he shows that he has complete faith. And that kind of commitment is the commitment that will cause people to be saved. In the end, he, all his children came on the ark with him. They were all saved and their wives. There was eight that ended up on the ark. And I just think that's the kind of, if you, you know, we want to see our family saved. They want to see that complete commitment. Kids are not interested in half-hearted commitments. If we, when we, you know, we want to be full on and that will be, that will be our kids will see that and go, okay, I see that. And, and I believe that when we totally believe God and we serve God with all our heart like that, we build an ark for our own family. 
you know, and we we create a place where they can come in and we can we can believe that. You know, maybe some of us have family or friends that aren't saved now, but we just keep believing because I believe that our faith and our complete commitment and dedication to God speaks so much. They say, you, you keep going to church every Sunday and you, you go to connect group and you serve and you do this and you give 10% of your money. When they see that kind of commitment, that's creating an ark. That's creating a place for them to have the opportunity to come in and join us and be saved from the flood that's to come. Because the Bible is very, very clear that what happened in Noah's time is happening again. It says it's just, this is just the same as what in Noah's time. The people were eating and drinking. In Matthew it says this, as in the days of before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Right up until the day Noah entered the ark. They laugh. Noah, ha, 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 everything's fine. We're getting, I got my, I'm having, getting married. Hey, you know, and they're all doing the whole thing. And they just think life is fine. Noah, crackpot Noah's been building that boat forever. Just happy as anything. And then it says, and they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the son of man. It'll be just the same. It'll be like right up until the very minute that he comes. People are still planning their weddings, getting the invitations out, getting it all happening, you know, having a big food. It's all that. And then bam, and they don't realize. And so it's really serious. So if we believe that, we need to be as committed as Noah was. We need to be totally sold out to serving him. And sure, we can have fun and do stuff, but let's, this is really serious. It's really important. The Bible says here, it says that Noah, condemned the world with his faith which is a really interesting scripture hebrews eleven seven. it says by faith he saved his household but it says by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith so that's very interesting isn't it that by his faith he set a standard and an example for other people that they ought to follow as well and when they chose not to they stand condemned it's, it's just like if you've got you know several children and one of them is super obedient and then it sort of shows up the others, you know what I mean? And the others are sort of like, because mm, if he wasn't so obedient, we wouldn't look so bad. <laughs> but the fact that he's obedient means that we could be obedient. The fact that he's good shows that we're not being good. And so Noah's faith, Noah's commitment showed the rest of the world. And that's why the world gets annoyed with us Christians sometimes. Because if we can live full-on Christian lives and we can, you know, have pure marriages and keep the marriage bed pure and we can not watch gross stuff on TV and we can do... It's, it's just extraordinary to them. The world's like, what do you mean? You don't drink? What, never? Well, I mean, not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with drink, but that, you know, I just was with a bunch of friends. I said, no, I don't really drink. And they were like, what? what? It's like, is that possible? I'm like, yeah, I don't really like it. You know, it's, it's not, they're amazed by it, but it, it also shows them what is, what is, what is, can be done. It show, it sets a standard for them. And so they get condemned and then, and sometimes they hate it. You know, sometimes they don't like it. I was watching um, Q&A the other night and it was sort of a Christian program and it was interesting that there was one guy who's taking a fairly Christian stance and you can see all the tweets come in. They print the tweets on the bottom of the page and people just, just this kind of, they hate it. They hate what he says. But there was another woman, Christina Keneally, who was a Christian and who goes to church. But then she started to say how, you know, how, you know, it's, it's, she doesn't agree with the church when the church says that this is wrong, this particular lifestyle is wrong. And that's just so, un- 
un, intolerant and, you know, it's nice, you know, we've got to be tolerant. And then she started to say all this other thing. And I noticed, even though she was a Christian, she said she was a Christian, but she didn't agree with the church about this, this and this, several areas that she didn't agree with the church, and I might add the Bible. Um, I'm naming her because she was, she was publicly saying this, so that's her deal. Um, and then all, I noticed the tweets. It was so interesting. Wow, you're so great. I didn't realize you were so awesome. And wow, this and wow, that. And I thought, that's interesting, isn't it? It's okay to be a Christian so long as you follow the, we walk in the ways of the, of the ungodly. So long as you agree with what they agree with. But if you're a Christian and you actually follow the ways of the, the Bible, then they, 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 all, they all hate you. So it's interesting. When you, when you stand for something, people don't like it. But if you do it their way, if you do, if you do Christianity the world's way, then the world's fine with that. Be a Christian our way, you know, and then we're happy. You can still have, you can have God and be a Christian. Just don't show us up. Anyway, Noah heard God and believed God and he had faith and he lived that faith. Noah obeyed. Number three, he obeyed God. He did what God told him to do. God says very specifically, this is how you are to build the ark. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening, one cubit high all around. Put a door on the side of the ark and etc. etc. It goes on in some detail. I just want to have a, a thought about the specificness of these details and the fact of God speaking to him. It's very specific, isn't it? And don't you often think, well, how did God, like, how did God speak? How, how, did, how did he know exactly? Like what, I often wonder what was the voice of God that he heard. And it was very specific. I'm making jokes and I can't hear them. It was very specific. So I want to encourage us to make sure that we are hearing the voice of God. The Bible says that in, in latter days, God spoke to his people through the prophets. But in these days, he speaks to us through his son. He spoke to us in the, through his son. So in the Old Testament, God spoke directly to the prophets and then the prophets spoke to people. In, when Jesus came, Jesus spoke directly to people. When the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit spoke directly to people. And, and my reading of the Bible is it's just so often very specific. And I just want to encourage us to make sure that we're in a place with God, that we can hear from God and hear specifically, okay? Really hear specifically. And the reason I say that is because... We know that God doesn't, we know that hearing from God is something we need to learn and we know that he doesn't always speak about every issue of our life, you know. Should I wear brown or black today? I don't think, you know, God doesn't mind. We just decide that for ourselves. But I've noticed that a lot of Christians have sort of said, oh, well, you know, you, you, you can't, God doesn't want to talk to you about that. It doesn't matter. They've got so far away from God speaking specifically that they've almost created a theology where God doesn't speak to them at all. It's like God will talk to you about maybe one or two things in your whole life and that's it. And I just really want to challenge that and I want to challenge all of us to be sure that we really are hearing from God on a regular basis, daily, as we walk with him. Because I believe God does want to speak to us in a very specific way. I just see it right through the Bible. Noah heard specifically with God, from God how to build that ark. In the book of Acts, they constantly, it says the Holy Spirit said, send Paul and Barnabas over here. The Holy Spirit said, don't go into that country, go to this country. The Holy Spirit would say, be careful when you go to Jerusalem, you're going to get persecuted. They were constantly hearing from God. 
constantly. And that's what God wants for us. He really does. I know it's a growing thing and maybe not, it's not happening straight away, but let me encourage you to, to be excited about hearing from God and hearing specifically like that. Because he wants to speak to us like that. And the Christians I know that start to grow in maturity will speak, will have this experience where daily God is speaking to them. Even doing this message. I, I just, you know, I say, what do you, what do you want, who do you want me to preach about God? I just ask. And I straight away, Noah. And I'm like, nah, I didn't really want to do Noah. Like, I don't really want to do Noah. So, nothing. So I said, well, I go, I'll have a look and see. So I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, Noah. He just didn't excite me, to be honest. I thought, let's look at someone else. So I was kind of looking at all these other dudes and saying, well, I could do this, I could do that. And it wasn't like God was, you know, I just, I don't know, he was just quiet, just kind of watching me. And I said, well, what do you reckon? And I'm sort of like, you want me to do Noah, don't you? I go, yeah, do Noah. And, you know, I, I could really feel that God wanted me to do Noah. So then you have to do Noah, right? <laughs> and then I started to get into it. I found, as I would, too much. I'm just about to wrap up. But, you know, we've got to obey. And God will speak to us about so many things. So many things. God is always speaking to me every day. He speaks to me from the word. He'll speak to me from somebody. I know myself, Someone sometimes I speak to someone and I think, I hope you're listening to this because I know that I'm speaking from God. This is not just me. I know it sometimes. I think this is a word from God. And now sometimes I'll say that, but sometimes I won't. Sometimes I just tell them and I think, well, let's see if they obey because I know I can feel God saying, this is me, not you. And, and he speaks to us when we read the Bible. Sometimes we're praying and that scripture will just come into our brain. Where did it come from? I've got to look it up. He wants to speak to us all the time. You try and do something and you just feel, oh, I feel so bad about doing it, but I'll still do it. Ugh. You get this horrible feeling about doing it. Sometimes even something as simple as driving somewhere or doing something, it's like, don't do it, don't do it. I was going to see a friend the other day and um, she was going to come. Either I was going to go to Sydney or she was going to come up. And I just had this, no, nah, nah, it's not going to happen. I, it was the Holy Spirit saying, no, no. And I rang her up. I said, I just don't feel it. And she's like, no, I, I can't come up. I said, well, we just, we just got this strong, it's just not going to happen. And sure enough, that afternoon I had to go to hospital for, for something. So you know, which was an emergency. And, and I just, and I thought, wow, it's so good that I didn't go all the way to Sydney and she didn't come all the way out here because it would have been ruined the day because I had to go to hospital. So God knows even on little things on how to spend your day. Don't do that. You're going to be going to hospital this afternoon. Preach on Noah, you know, go to St. Petersburg. Don't go to Moscow. Ring this person. I say, oh, I just needed someone to ring me. He wants to speak to us. And I really encourage you. Noah heard very specifically on how to build this ark. And I believe it was a voice in his spirit. I don't know exactly how because it was God and not the Holy Spirit. So it was a little bit, but possibly very similar to the way we hear from God, just in his spirit. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that it was the, the voice of God, the thunderous voice of God, because every now and again the Bible says God speaks with thunder and it's when he actually audibly speaks, it usually blows people away. So, so Noah heard from God. He heard specifically. Let's be sure that we're hearing specifically from God. The floods came and everybody died except Noah and the ones in the ark. And all the animals, God did a miracle, 16,000 animals they reckon, the taxidermists. 16,000 animals would have collected and there's room for them. They've worked it all out. Scientists have figured out that it was all possible. They went into the ark and then God shut the door. Imagine that. 
And that's another act of faith. Noah's getting in there and saying, flip house the door. There's no, it's this huge door, you know, and it's like, and then it just says, God shut the door. And then the floods came and they're on the ark for about, for over a year. And it would have been a very weird time, very frightening, awe-inspiring, just, just a very strange time, seeing, knowing that the world was being destroyed and feeling glad that you're safe. And Noah would, I can assure you Noah would have offered anyone else to come in. They had the chance. He, would, he, would, he had a 100 years of preaching to them. What are you doing? I'm building an ark. You want to come? Be stupid. But I can guarantee they were knocking on that ark once the rain started to come. Complete devastation. So after a year, I won't do the whole story because we, we don't really have time. But, but just, just to finish off, when Noah came out of the ark, he worshipped God. It says he built an altar and worshipped God. He was profoundly grateful to God because he was safe, his family was safe, and God was giving all of us a chance to start again. We're all descendant from Noah. Most of us, by the look of us, are descended from his son Japheth, who went off to start all the Europeans. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Japheth is pretty much all us whiteies. And Ham was probably the darker people. And Shem is all the Israelites and all the Arabs. So that's, you know, just the basics. And they started again. And, they, and he, he offered an, an offer, a worship God with, an, with a, an offering. And it was soothing to God. And God really loved to see that after all that had happened, that Noah was still worshiping him and loving him and starting again. And so the Bible says that he made a, a covenant with God. And he says, I'll never do it again. You know, no matter how bad you lot get, and let's face it, we all get bad sometimes, don't we? He says, I won't do it again. I won't flood the earth again. Hello, global warming, rising seas. God says, I won't do it again. It's done. The next time I destroy the earth, I'll come back. (laughs) So it's not going to happen again. He made that promise, and every time there's a rain, and that was the first time a rainbow appeared in the sky. And that was the the covenant to to Noah, that he's going to allow us to keep going our merry way, with opportunity to follow him if we want or not. One last little point about the story of Noah is this bizarre ending to, the, to, this, to his life. It says that Noah decided to build a vineyard. He started to plant when he came out and Noah got drunk. Now, if you think about it, he had no friends and not much family, nobody his own age. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you get a bit older and... Things don't always work out the way you want. And quite honestly, a lot of older people turn to whatever, wine or something, and that's really dumb, so let's not do that. He shouldn't have got drunk. I read some people said, oh, he didn't realise that wine makes you drunk. I'm like, yeah, I think he did. He'd been around for 500 years and (laughs) they were eating and drinking. I think he did. But anyway, look, we all have our bad moments. Noah had a bad moment then. And so that's that was a shame that he did that, and it's a shame if we do lose it when we get older but probably more disappointing was that his son seeing that was really disrespectful and really had a sort of a wicked rejoicing oh check out dad look at him yeah mr holy mr noah thinks he's so great saves saves us all and look at him now and so ham had this really bad attitude to his dad told his brothers and his brothers like man you you're really out of line they they were they they tried to cover his father's sin their sin 
but Ham didn't. And Ham was cursed, and that was the first curse in the Bible. And Noah said, you're going to be a slave to your sons forever. And, um, and so that was, that, that was the whole episode's really horrible in a way. But to me, it says a few things. As we get older, let's stay, stay on the straight and narrow. Let's stay with God and not start thinking, oh, you know, I'll do it this way or I'm a bit, a bit jaded or a bit tired of things. Just stay with God. And, if you, and for all of us, let's keep that respect because, you know, honouring your parents is one of the most fundamentals right back at Noah's, Noah's time, before the commandments, to honour your parents and to have respect for authority is very, very important. And, you know, he was, Noah, Ham placed himself under a curse for seeing, I mean, you look at all our parents have got sins and we've all got sins, so all kids can look at their parents and go, mm, you know, but you just, you honour that and just respect them and know they're not perfect. So there's a little lesson for us at the end. Don't you love the way the Bible just is very real, very honest? This is great Noah, but that was weird, God, funny ending. <laughs> God understands. We all have times when we're not so great. And praise God, it doesn't get written down and told about to all generations. However, the final word about Noah is in Hebrews. And I like that, that he's still seen as a man of faith, a man who obey God, he walked with God, he heard from God, he built this great ark, saved his family, and he lived with God for another 350 or so years after that. And that then they started, the age of man started to go right down after the flood. So praise God. We can learn a lot from Noah, can't we? Let's learn those lessons. Let's be great men and women of God who walk with God. Amen? Amen. Bless God. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au. God bless you.